0: We're running a pre-sale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors.
1: Hey, what is going on everybody and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Why let your parents get the credit when you to take advice from strangers on the internet?
2: Damn right
1: It's <laughs> Thomas Frank, your resident internet stranger And I'm here as always with my good friend Andrew, also internet stranger mm. What are you drinking dude?
0: I'm drinking water because I consumed so much liquor yet last night, yesterday yeah? My computer broke and so that uh-huh. obviously meant day drinking So I had two beers during the day Then we went out to happy <laughs> hour and so I had two huge glasses of wine and then because okay. we were drinking, obviously the logical thing is to go out and get dinner because you don't cook when you're drunk. And so then I had two Negronis.
1: Ain't you ever watched my drunk kitchen? <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> drinking water.
1: There you go. I had some sake last night, which was good. I and, love sake. Oh my god, dude! Mm. Uh the smoked salmon at the sushi restaurant last night. Mm. Oh my god! It was like freaking. Ambrosia, seriously. So good. I had to order extra. Like, mm. It's insane. And I like to put enough wasabi on there to like make my nose hairs feel like they're yeah. being disintegrated.
0: Like um, your eyes tear when it hits the roof of your mouth? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. great.
1: And then we went to a corn maze at 11 p.m. Mm. So it was totally in the dark and it was great.
0: Did you detassel? My friends were <laughs> making fun of me. They were like, Tom,
1: there's tassels on these corn. You need to detassel it. And then Art was like, you know, we just got like this this dope workspace and everything but you should just go back to the tasseling you know anyway you guys have questions we have half-baked answers and we're going to get into five of those answers today um i will say that before we get into these particular questions if you dear listener have a question for us our email is listen matters at gmail.com um and the other thing andrew mm-hmm. that i I discovered the other day. I mentioned on the last episode we recorded that I'm listening to a podcast called The Bad Crypto Podcast. Yeah, and they have a phone number where people can call in and leave voicemails, and then they'll like they'll play the question on the show. So you know, that's a potential thing you could think of.
0: We tried that when we were a baby podcast, and like there was no one. We got like maybe like three call-ins, and I think they oh, were, yeah none were really appropriate to play <laughs> <laughs> we could try that again it it sounds like a lot of work i
1: don't know how much it is to be honest mm. all all i'm saying is it's a thing that we could potentially do oh i, I don't mean, even
0: mean dollar wise i just mean like someone that's a lot of work oh
1: you mean time wise yeah, yeah. maybe emails are easier to scan who knows mm. yeah i don't know yeah maybe we set up and it's like you you better have a serious question just take the time <laughs> to listen to you, bub. Anyway, we've got five serious questions today, so let's just jump right on into them. Question number one. I just discovered your podcast yesterday and I've been binging it at work ever since. Andrew, I like how you put like the the praise in there. <laughs> so I just like read in and was like, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> All right. So this question is from Tanner. A little bit about me. I'm a recently graduated 23 year old that just got my first full time job about four months ago. I'm really into budgeting and I keep track of every dollar I spend in an effort to save money in case of a surprise expense, like medical bills or a lawsuit, car accident, Godzilla attacks, whatever. Um, I wanted to pick your brains about a few things because I feel I'm at a conflict you know, with my spending right now. So I spend as little as possible. I go out maybe twice a month and I feel guilty about it every time after. I stopped buying things that I enjoy consuming as well. I hate impulse buying because I did that a lot in college and I would always feel stressed out about the lack of funds in my account. So my question for you guys is how do you decide what to buy and spend money on and what is your justification every time you pull your wallet out for the non-essentials? Also, sometimes I feel like my frugality causes stress on my relationship. You guys are both married or have girlfriends as what I've heard from your show. So how do you balance being frugal and showing your significant others a good time. Good questions. I never feel guilty when I spend money. That's the answer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You feel guilty. I don't. You don't?
1: No. I feel no guilt, ever. I guess I I feel, I I will look over my finances and I will see patterns and I will go, oh, that's problematic, so I'll work to stop that by changing a habit. Mm. But I got to say, I never feel guilty for spending money. And I think this just goes back to the fundamental mindset that I've had ever since I was a teenager. Um, I, This was ingrained in me when I was a kid even. My mom is like, if you want money to buy something, you can do extra chores around the house to make money for it. Mm. So my philosophy has is is never been like, oh, I need to save all this money. It's been, if I want something, I'm just going to go make more money and buy it. And I'm a very data-driven person. I'm a very goal-oriented person. So... I have a net worth spreadsheet that I update every three months and I can see the percentage change and I can see how I'm doing. I have a not necessarily a granular budget tracker where I literally put in what I spend, but I have an averaged budget tracker where I can put in what I've spent in certain categories and see how I'm doing and see how much is left over. And then I pay myself first by investing before I pay for expenses, like non-essential expenses at least. So. How old me, are you, Thomas? Like twenty six. So older what than this it, guy.
0: I was gonna say, what? Rewind to when you were twenty three, because the way you feel same. now is not because there was a time you were dollar constrained. Yes, there was. Maybe you I've were. Maybe you were twelve, but
1: I've always felt the same though. Okay. Like I've never. I don't feel guilty about well, spending money. I, I've never no felt guilty guilt as emotion. well.
0: I've, I've never felt guilty, but I was also uh, a beast at like. I definitely relate to the question in that um, when Laura and I first met, um, w- like I was, I was a Nazi with the budget, like yeah, yeah, like we there's two hundred dollars to go out to eat this month. That is it, and I mean like we we would sometimes go over and whatever, but yeah. it would, I, I would talk about how much we went over so often that we would keep it under control, and you kind of. um Look, I love going out to eat. I love going out to drink and having beer and wine and all those things. I, I think uh, what's the point of working? Look, you know what? I think it goes back to the shockingly simple math of retirement, right? Popularized yes. by the mustache himself. And if you are able to save 100% of what you spend, then you're essentially retired because Mm -hmm. you do not need to make any more money. You're done, right? And then as uh, the percentage goes down, the amount of years required to retire goes up. Um, And so I think you need to set some realistic goals for yourself and adjust Mm -hmm. accordingly. Because – yes, I don't know if we were recording this or it was in between episodes, but you were telling me about how you went out to go have sushi. Um, and I love sushi, and we've had sushi together. It's delicious. Did you need to have sushi? No. Um, oh. But you did, and it made you happy, and then you were full, and you went home and went to sleep and whatever. And so um, that sushi consumption is uh, aligned with your long-term goals, whatever they are, What you mm-hmm. know? Um, it was an allowed but, expense.
1: Yeah, it's allowed. Yeah, it's. I. I mean, I guess one of my long-term goals is to be able to continue to consume sushi because
0: Dude, to eat so much salmon that you can swim upstream.
1: Smoked salmon was so good. Anyway, I want to talk about something I've been thinking about lately. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't. I did a video that will be out by the time that this episode drops, like a mic. Um, about how to stop being tired all the time because mm. a lot of people are constantly tired. And I saw, uh, I think it was Hank green tweet, like never let your work compromise your health.
2: Mm.
1: And that reminded me of a friend of mine in college who basically like his work would constantly have him tired all the time. He was constantly sleep deprived. And then there were, there were all these responses that would echo kind of his response, all these responses to his tweet, basically saying like, I literally have no choice. I have to, to, you know, I have to com- compromise my health to work otherwise I couldn't live
2: mm.
1: now I have no doubt that there are some people out there who are in a really shitty situation where they have to do that but I also know that when I was in college when I was in high school and to an extent even now I would get certain goals in my head convince myself that they were necessary and then compromise my health to achieve them instead of scaling back it could be as simple as I really want to graduate by this time so I'm going to take extra classes and have all those part-time jobs and have these extracurriculars otherwise no one will ever hire me because my resume doesn't have 15 scholarships on it and 22 clubs that I was president of. And then you know you compromise your health because you don't think about it in the same terms as you think of other things. So i say, say like realistically set your goals so that you can prioritize your health and in the same way realistically set your financial goals so that you aren't constantly feeling guilty or stressed or Mm. unable to spend any little last cent on something that doesn't seem non-essential. Like, buy the shampoo that's not gonna make you have horrible dandruff all the time. Just, you know, Mm. temper your financial goals.
0: You know, Um, I I think that you should go and get the tiniest apartment that you could possibly find and live there for a year, you know. Maybe it's like nice. It has like stainless steel appliances or wh- whatever you need to to feel good. You know, like I don't know, like a, a rainfall shower. But I yeah. would get a really tiny apartment. Mm-hmm. I um, I really like only had my clothes and my computer, and I probably and when I was living by myself, I probably wouldn't even get up to aside from to go to the bathroom. I was just on the computer <laughs> all the time, and so I had this really tiny apartment. I didn't have that much stuff because I was just like a young dude and whatever. And then Laura moved in and we had so little space. We we literally could not own things. There was no space <laughs> to put it. Like it just, there wasn't. And uh, having lived like that for a certain amount of time, it became ingrained in us that we just couldn't have things. Like any excess things, there was no space for it. And so we became pretty ruthless about that and... Thomas, you've been to multiple apartments of mine, and now I have an apartment that is uh, three or four times bigger than the one that I had first had. But we still just don't have stuff because yeah, you really don't. Like we have maybe have like twenty books, and we have I don't know like (laughs) six pillows because people may come over, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think um, you need to maybe back to the constraint breeds creativity thing. Uh, You need to uh, try and put yourself in scenarios where you cut the shit that you don't need. So to answer your question about the wife and girlfriend thing, you can go out and you can have a decent meal and not go Dutch and let her get a glass of wine or whatever she wants because – everyone wants people with goals. Everyone wants, you know, someone with a vision and ambition and whatever, but no one wants a cheap motherfucker. So don't let yourself be that, you know, you can, uh, have more of some and less of other.
1: Yeah, that's true. You know, and a lot of times when we go out, I, and I will want like the steak or something. And I'm like, Oh, the steak's 30 bucks in my head. It's like, you know what? I was going to stupidly buy a, two coffees over the next couple of days anyway.
2: Mm.
1: You know, like, and she's going to be happier on that. The other thing I'll mention though, you don't have to spend money to show your girlfriend a good time. Yeah. My favorite memory of a thing that Anna and I have ever done together is for her birthday in 2015. Um, I spent two full days crafting like this scavenger hunt thing where I created like this crazy code book with ciphers and all this like cool puzzle solving stuff from Assassin's Creed because she loves Assassin's Creed. And I went around the whole town, like out into the forest and like found little landmarks or scratched like little clues and stuff into rocks and set up this giant quest and then literally built a website where she'd have to like click on a puzzle piece and solve the puzzle, put in the password associated with the answer. And it would like it would start to craft this QR code that would show her where her present was. And I worked like mad on it and the present cost money, but this thing cost me basically nothing to do,
2: Mm.
1: but it was crafted to be like a full day long adventure. And then like I woke up and I was like, I put a hat on. I'm like, while I have this hat on, I don't know any answers to any questions, Anna. So I'm just going along for the ride. (laughs) And we just had a whole day where she solved all these puzzles and there was like some challenges involved. And eventually she found her present and it was great. And like, she got her present too, but the, the actual experience of going and doing that with her was so much fun and it cost zero dollars, you know, and
0: it's the thought that counts. And it's so true.
1: Exactly. And you know, sometimes we'll just be like, I really want to make a good lasagna. we will go out and buy the ingredients and that costs money, but it doesn't cost nearly as much as a dinner. We'll buy a bottle of wine and we'll cook it together. And that's often just as fun as going out to eat. Mm. So, be creative with what you do because, um, there is not a direct correlation between money spent and fun had or, uh, the amount of thought they think you put in. Be creative with that. But the other thing is just like, understand your financial fundamentals, understand your goals, have a good bead on where you are. And if you, ha- if you're there, then you shouldn't feel guilty spending money. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's an episode of element that's based on this, but the one that I did recently is on my show, the College Info Geek podcast. We did a how to budget your money, and it it is a show for younger people, so it might be an interesting one to listen to. We lay out like a whole budgeting framework that essentially uh, amounts to pay yourself first, pay your your minimum expenses, and pay yourself first. And after you've done that, you shouldn't have to feel guilty because you know I've taken mm. care of the rent, I've taken care of the minimum debt requirements. If I want to accelerate debt, I've taken care of that too. And I've also invested. If I got money left over, that's my money. Damn right. I'll go buy fidget spinners if I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question numero two from Ronald. I've been listening to your podcast for a week and you guys are really helpful. Thank you, man. You just cannot help but put in <laughs> the praise. <laughs> my ego is swelling like a balloon. All right. I have a question on short term investments. What is the best way to invest money for a home in five years? I've signed up for Betterment and I'm also looking into Vanguard. Do you think it is better to invest into Betterment or into Vanguard? Thanks, Ronald. All right, now I, I feel like we have talked about this in a certain capacity in a past episode. Mm-hmm. Um, For the purposes of buying a home in five years, Vanguard and Betterment are roughly equal. Yeah in that neither of them is necessarily that great of an option now f- five years is a time period that is a little bit different than what we've talked about in the past i think we had somebody email us a little while ago and they were like i want to buy a home in two years mm-hmm. should i put my money in the market and we said no because while my money is up like 16 in betterment right now next year it could be down 16 yeah. percent i don't know what's gonna happen all i know is that based on long-term data i can expect seven, maybe eight percent on average over like 50 years. But if my time period is two years and I wanna buy a house, I'm locking that money up somewhere safer like a money market account or a CD or something that gives me a guaranteed rate of return.
0: So to, to maybe tweak the question a bit so that it works, he's like, what is the best way to invest my money for a home in five to 10 years Or in four to eight years, then we'd be like, okay, fine, you know, betterment Vanguard because it's not a hard set short term timeline. Like like one year is even worse because who even knows what's going to happen? But if you're flexible, then you should certainly invest your money and you could use it to buy a home in the future. But you know, if you plan to buy a home in five years and it just so happens that on the fifth year we're at the lowest point the market's ever been, it would behoove you to hold that money until it's worth Perfect. at least as much as what you put it. You know? so like,
1: I guess, yeah. If you're willing to say, oh, I could wait, I can wait for a house, mm. you know, until the market's better, then yeah. Go for Betterment or go for Vanguard. Um, the difference between Betterment and Vanguard is that Vanguard, if you pick the right funds, will have lower fees. Mm-hmm. Um, because Betterment's fees are .3%, I wanna say. And with Vanguard, the lowest fee that you can get is 0.04%, which is over six times cheaper, but they are both extremely cheap. Um, The one thing that I also found out when I did that budgeting episode that I don't know if we've talked about here is I have my money in the Vanguard Admiral Shares Fund, which has a $10,000 minimum Mm -hmm. in order to get that 0.04% fee. Uh, You can put your money into the ETF, which has no minimum. It's traded like a stock and you get that low expense ratio. The only caveat is you got to set up a Vanguard brokerage account, but that's barely a caveat because you can do that yourself.
2: Mm.
1: And I don't and know if we've ever
2: explicitly
1: stated that because I didn't know about it until recently. Well, But you d- don't have to have like, you know, Tony down at the brokerage do it for you. You can do it on, on the computer.
0: To, just to go a little further there, it is important to have things like bonds and whatever as well. Um, you know, and, and like you're saying, life cycle and similar funds will do that for you, but If you are just enamored by Betterment and you like their approach, uh, it's publicly available information. Um, Betterment openly shows you what they put their investments into. And so you could go out and buy the exact funds at the exact proportions. um, And the question really comes down to uh, do you want to do it yourself? Yes or no? You know, and if you do, Mm -hmm. or you're interested, you can go a DIY approach. And then two, do you see, is there value in like adjusting for drift, like rebalancing your portfolio, um, taxes harvesting, stuff like that. And that's a a whole separate conversation, but at least to start, Vanguard is an awesome initial option.
1: My betterment says that I'm too risky and too aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, so I'm looking here. The performance in my Betterment account is 20% right now. Damn. Pretty damn good. I must have invested like a low point or something. Uh, But yeah, if I go over to portfolio tab, it tells me exactly what funds I'm invested in and which or how much money is in them. So U.S. total stock market from Vanguard, U.S. large cap value from Vanguard, U.S. mid cap, small cap, developed markets and emerging markets. There you go. Uh, It looks like it has put the majority of my money into the developed markets BEA fund, probably because on the little dial thing, I just like dialed it all up to risk (laughs) because I'm 26 years old and I'm not retiring anytime soon. So I don't care. (laughs) I'm I'm like, I'm very invested in stocks on my taxable accounts. And then I think like Mm. the guy who manages my IRA, it's his job to be a little more sensible. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i am also extremely risky but i think it is worth saying that we both have some amount of cash on hand in case of emergencies yes.
1: and we, we have we have certain kind of like quote unquote, not guarantees but high probability ways of making money if we had to mm. like if if my business crashed and burned today I would call my literary agent, and say, "Okay, I want to write a book now, and I'm going to do speaking tour at schools." I thought
0: you were like, going to say, "Do you just sell nude pics?" That's what and, I. Would and do.
1: I would actually that that would probably do better.
2: Mm.
1: Okay, so there we go. I'm going to sell. I've got a Patreon. Uh, if you get on the fifty dollar per month tier, you're going to get nude pics. So you've have, you've have a but YouTube video. But they're like video. side boob. This there's like a higher tier that's mm. hidden. You can tell me about it.
0: <laughs> I was going to say that uh, you you have YouTube channel and videos so uh everyone wants to see you naked but they just want to hear me talk dirty
1: <laughs> so you're gonna start a phone
0: sex line Damn and i'm right. just gonna
1: become like a good model but no like i i could you know maybe it probably wouldn't replace the income of my business i might have to lay off my team but if my business crashed and burned like like youtube went away or something and my my current income sources died i could I could go out there, I could get on the phone, I could email people and say, hey, I would love to come speak at your school. I could make money that way. Mm. And if not, I've built up skills that I know I could find a job with. Like, I have that mentality. So I'm I'm a little risky with my investments. Um, and that's fine, you know, based on my decisions and, and things like that. Anyway, when it comes to a home, five year time period, I, I guess the bottom line answer is, if you're willing to wait to buy your home, If the market happens to be down at that time, then uh, either Betterment or Vanguard are going to be perfectly fine. If you want the lowest possible fees, go with a Vanguard. Um, The total stock market index fund ETF is going to be like the lowest possible fee you're going to get. I don't think Betterment tells me what the performance of my specific funds here is. Or if it does, it's like buried somewhere. So I can't tell you like which one is doing the best, but also that doesn't matter because past performance, blah, 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 blah.
0: And we'll link to some stuff that <laughs> we have that, that'll answer some of those questions.
1: Yes. All right, question number three. Hey, my name is Lucas, and I'm a freshman at college in Spain. I've been following Thomas for the past couple of years now and just recently started listening to this podcast. So I am personally very invested in student money problems, uh, in- very interested in student money, <laughs> money problems, and would love to hear more about budgeting and saving money, especially while in college. Also, just like to send my support and appreciation for the useful tips on CIG and Listen Money Matters. Muchos gracias amigos. So, this doesn't sound like a question; more just like they just want to hear about budgeting and saving money when in college. Mm. Um, I guess once again, I have to to hype my other show, uh, the College Info Geek Podcast, which you can subscribe to on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, where Tell you should also the be answer, subscribed though, dude. to this show. But I have a whole episode about budgeting in college. I mean, really, budgeting in college is budgeting, but there are some other considerations. Mm. The chief consideration when you're in college, uh, and it may be different in Spain, but here in the U.S., is you are on a semester schedule where you have semesterly expenses that come up. So just like somebody who has to say for a house or somebody who maybe knows they need to buy new tires in like six months, every student should know like, all right in six months, you know, say it's August in six months, I'm going to have to buy the next semester's textbooks. Um, if I'm not funding my education with loans or scholarships, I may need to pay the tuition. I may need to pay for a dorm or something like that. So you have to consider like what, What expenses are on a non-monthly basis that are still going to come up? You have to be able to get in front of those and save for those. Uh, And then you got to realize that when you're a student, you have a lot of funding opportunities that aren't you. There are student loans out there, but there are also, more excitingly, scholarships and grants. So the main thing is while you're a student, even while you're still in college, even if you're a grad student, there are scholarships and grants out there that you can win and you should be actively looking for those on the regular. You know, put in a little bit of time and you can you can earn a lot of money that way. I think I I funded a pretty large percentage of my college education with scholarships. And the vast majority of those I won after I had started college. I think I only won like I think I won one scholarship as a high schooler
2: Hmm.
1: before going into college. Every other one was as a current college student.
0: So because you you didn't always know, like, if you would get a specific scholarship and obviously you'd adjust if you did I was is like the the trick just to keep requirements as low as possible at least until you know that you're going to I mean like you, you have rent then you have to pay rent regardless or, or whether you pay to live in the dorms or you know yeah. the, there's basic food costs and you pretty much try and subscribe to nothing until you have some level of consistent income
1: so my first two years of college, I took student loans to pay for my dorm and meals, and then mm-hmm. I had a I had a I didn't have a full ride. I had a tuition scholarship mm-hmm. that I was able to earn. Um, but for the living expenses, I had to take I took the fifteen grand for the two years of dorm and meals, and then the last two years, I was either an RA, which they pay for your dorm and meals, or I just paid for it as an apartment. Um, but I had the same. Mentality that I had ever since I was a kid. It was like I'm just gonna go make money. So I had a part time job on campus, about 20 hours a week, almost throughout college. Hmm. There was one one semester where I decided to quit all the part time jobs in order to basically like take CIG full time serious along with school. And like we were talking about constraints, uh, I actually did horrible <laughs> that semester <laughs> with CIG. I think I did less writing than before. So I learned my lesson there. But even when I had my dorm paid for with student loans, like I could have done what most of my friends in the dorms did, which was go to class and then come home and play video games and basically just subsist off of the meal plan and spending almost no money. But I was like, no, I want to have money. I want to be able to spend money on stuff I want, and I want to have a work experience that's going to help me in my my job search later on. So I worked 20 hours a week at the tech support center and then I moved to the web development center and I had all these jobs and that gave me pocket money, you know, and I, I didn't wisely save all that pocket money to pay off my student loans right away. I bought like iPads and stuff. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that, that was kind of the way that I did it. Mm. Um, but I was also always keenly aware that my scholarship doesn't cover textbooks, doesn't cover fees, it covers just tuition. So, mm. you know, I, whenever I'd get the, um, my class schedule for the next semester, I'd go and see what textbooks are required and I'd make sure I had the few hundred dollars on hand for that. Mm. So that, that's the main thing, you know, um, be a smart budgeter, be constantly on the lookout for funding opportunities and get in front of and plan for those expenses that are going to be coming up in the next semester. Mm. There you go. And, and be, uh, be, be, Be aware of what your student loans are going to cost you when you graduate. A lot of people don't know. So if you don't know, because I I know a lot of my friends don't know or they didn't know when they were in college, they're like, I have 30 grand in student loans. And I'd ask them, what does that translate to in terms of a monthly payment when you graduate and blank stare is what I get back.
0: That's scary because it's a rude awakening when uh, you graduate. Mm -hmm.
1: So know what it is and know your options too. Uh, Yeah. So question number four. Um more praise, more praise. Andrew, you just can't leave it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, actually Laura pasted those in. I guess oh, okay. she she wanted to you know pump me up a little bit.
1: She wants to pump you up. Yeah, Andrew's feeling a little sad this morning. We I mean need to pump him up every question.
0: <laughs> you guys are the greatest.
1: Anyway, this is from Aba, I think is how you pronounce it. All right. I have been obsessively listening to your podcast. I've been actively selling everything in my life I don't need and I'm ready to open a Betterment account and deposit all that quote unquote stuff money into it. My biggest question is do I take my traditional IRA and invest it? I know that I will be taxed but is the return on investment or possible return worth it in the big picture? I have $14,000 in savings and about $11,000 in my IRA. So I suppose the first thing here is that Your IRA is an investment. So I guess she's asking like, do I take my traditional IRA, take all the money out of it, and then put it into a betterment account? Um, Or- No. Or- Unless your
0: IRA sucks. Or because you could have a traditional IRA and you just have it all in- I'm sorry?
1: Can you roll it over into- like a Betterment IRA or a Vanguard IRA or whatever. I don't want like you could definitely constantly move it just Betterment, but no, I know you
0: you could definitely move it into any of the other ones. Uh, it's your money, but I kind of feel with this question because uh, your your first response was my first response. We're well, like, it's invested already, but then I was like, is it invested already? <laughs> That's you, a good question. Yeah. You could put all your money into a traditional IRA and it could sit there in cash.
1: That's true, it and that be. would yeah.
0: super suck. So, yep. the money inside your traditional IRA, you could actually invest in anything because of the nature of IRA. So, if you move the money to Betterment, it could, you know, follow Betterment's investment approach. You could um, move it to Vanguard.
1: So how, do you, how do you do that? Say, I want to – if I've got an IRA, how yeah. do I move the money to Wealthfront or Betterment or Vanguard or Fidelity or whatever it is?
0: So, let's, let's say that you have it in Fidelity right now. And so, mm. uh, she uh, – Actually, I don't know. Ebba. Eba said that um, there is 11000 in her IRA, mm-hmm. and um, if it's in Fidelity, you could just put it into Vanguard funds while it's in Fidelity, um, or- You can? Yeah. So you could buy sure. Vanguard funds. You could buy Fidelity funds. You could buy Tesla, Apple. You could buy whatever you want. Oh, okay. Right? So you just have access to the market to buy things. So
1: unlike a 401k, you aren't necessarily restricted with what you invest in inside of the IRA as a vehicle.
0: Exactly. But if you're like, okay, that's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I should do all these things myself. I don't want to. Whatever. You can go sign up for a Betterment account. This is my marriage.com slash Betterment. And um, they will prompt you through the process. Uh, And and essentially what happens is uh, your IRA is cashed out from location A, Um, a check is either sent to you or to Betterment, and there's like a 60-day window or so that that money has to be put into another traditional IRA, or you get a tax penalty.
1: Okay, so So basically you're saying as long as that 60-day window and the rules are followed then and it's you very, don't have to pay the penalty that 10% penalty.
0: Yeah, and that's the same way that it works with rollovers. Is essentially it's cashed out, sent as a check, and Laura had one where they wouldn't send it directly to Betterment. They sent it to us. And you know, it's like it's 60 days you have time, but you kind of feel like it's a high pressure situation and then you send this large check to Betterment and you know you're waiting for it to deposit deposited, whatever. But it's essentially how it works.
1: So I'm looking here on Investopedia, uh, and it does say here that in direct transfers, no taxes are withheld, the entire amount of transfers directly from one account to another. However, if the account holder receives a check, which he personally deposits into his IRA, the IRS insists on a withholding penalty. So do your research on this and look into a direct transfer so you're not paying any unnecessary fees. Well, really, th- your only goal here is to get into a better investment. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, you know, she mentioned that there's money in the savings account too. Uh, and our to, typical recommendation is, you know, you have like at least the full month's expenses in your checking account that you have access to, plus an emergency fund and that could be anywhere from five hundred to a thousand dollars, maybe more if you have more online. Beyond that, you know, any money that's not sitting in an investment is is just kind of not doing anything.
0: I also For wanna it. say that uh because uh, it says, I know I will be taxed, but is the return on investment, parenthesis, possible return, worth it in the big picture? Um, and it's maybe like a side thing. But we get a lot of questions about people who just want to, I don't know, uh, withdraw from their 401k, like cash it out and buy a house. Or, I don't know, just remove money from retirement accounts, period. Eat the penalty. Is it worth it? Whatever. I mean, it. it there's no situation that it's worth it. The penalties are pretty steep. Um, yeah. And, you know, on paper, maybe it looks fine, but, you know, if you have a $20,000 IRA and you have to send 5000 of it to the IRS, uh, that's going to super suck. Yeah, yeah, that sucks a lot.
1: So, but yeah, anyway, bottom line, look into that direct transfer mm. uh, rollover and I think it should be fine. Unless I'm missing something here. Mm. All right. Question number five. Last one here. Cool. Uh, Let's see here. I'm in my early 40s. This is from Ange, uh, an- Angelia. Is that, am, I pro- am I pronouncing that right? An- Angela. I... Angelia. An- mm. It could be Angela. Maybe there's an I just put in there, but it looks like mm. Angelia. I've mm. never seen that name, but maybe it is a name. Cool. So I'm in my early 40s and just now getting my shit together when it comes to my finances. I was listening to today's today's podcast, the invest or pay off debt one, which was the one that we did on like the basically like algorithm to decide whether you should invest or pay off debt faster. Mm. That was a pretty recent one. Uh, And it made me think about my financial priorities a little more deeply. I have zero credit card debt, one car loan, one mortgage and a wedding that I am saving money for. I want to start knocking out my car loan. But after listening to today's podcast, I'm wondering if I need to build up my safety net since what little money I have now is tied up in investments. I have about $5,300 in investments and $500 in my savings account for the random bet, car, or house need that should come along. I put the 55 or $5,300 in a guided investment account uh, with Merrill Edge, so I would not be tempted to touch it, and I wanted to earn more than that 0.01% in a savings account. Uh, should I have not? Should I have not invested my safety net? Okay, so that's the, that's the question. I don't know what a guided investment account with Merrill Edge is. Is that just like a kind of specific product or something out there?
0: Yeah, it looks like it is uh, a 045 percent annual fee. Little bit of robo, little bit of person type deal. Okay,
1: interesting.
2: Uh,
1: uh oh, you know, the question is, I don't know how much money she brings in each month.
0: See, so here's the thing: is it, I don't think it matters because I think we could use proportions. So okay, I think um five hundred dollars. Uh, just is not a lot of money, period. And when yeah. something terrible goes wrong, like if something terrible goes wrong and it costs $50 for you to fix, then it either probably wasn't that terrible or you're just super lucky. Because <laughs> when terrible things in my life have gone wrong, it's usually enumerated in the thousands of dollars. And so yeah. I think... Uh, it, it sucks no matter what when you have to pay thousands of dollars for something that was unintended, is bad, whatever. But there is the silver lining that you can pay these thousands of dollars and your life is fine, you know, and you can move on and do things and you don't have to, I don't know, uh, have debt or terrib- other terrible things. So I think it's really important to have two to three months of, of your monthly expenses in cash, in a checking account, in a savings account, uh, doing nothing. This is where we
1: disagree. Mm. I I used to be with you here,
2: mm.
1: uh, and then I talked to students and I talked to people who are early or you know recent grads, and and friends of mine in real life, for whom building up three months of expenses would take years. Like literally, literally, years for them because they just don't make enough discretionary income to build that up. And it's like, but do I tell if these we take the approach, invest Thomas, ever?
0: Th- look, you, we were talking about the previous question. And I mean, like, maybe it was question two. And you were saying how, like, well, you just always found a way to make more money. And right. I think that you subscribe to a similar belief as i do that like you could have the shittiest situation and dealt the worst card of hand worst hand of cards ever there is I like a the high <laughs> there is a high probability that there's someone out there that was dealt significantly worse cards and yes. they it's been like an even steeper uphill battle all the way and they're i don't know like a millionaire quadriplegic so it's like it can be done you you need to um push to earn more. And maybe it involves uh you know time on the side doing things or I, I don't know. And we have we've talked about this in episodes past, but I I I strongly strongly believe that you need to have cash on hand because when the other shoe drops um
1: I I agree with you. It's just the 2 to 3 month thing I think is untenable for certain people and it would it would lead to a situation where they they would have to delay investing for so long, um, and the fact of the matter is that even though there's volatility in the markets, the investment vehicles that we usually talk about, there's less volatility than like putting all your money in Dogecoin or something, mm. you know, or putting all your money in Apple stock or something like that. It's it's mitigated risk to an extent, and this this could be debated forever because it is it is a question that contains and will always contain unknowns. You never know what's gonna happen in life and you never know how expensive those things that happen are gonna be. I'll tell you what. All I know is that there are people out there where to build up two to three months of expenses would take them years and, you know, if they built up one month worth of expenses plus a $500 emergency fund and then they invested in something sensible, you know, while that investment might be 10% down one year, there's still money there that if you have to do it, you could pull it out. Fine, and, and I, if, I, if you don't have to, it's growing for you.
0: In in the early days of the podcast, um, under much uh, fire from people who listened, we said invest. Uh, your emergency fund in something like betterment and then turn the risk dial all the way down you know maybe it's at like fifty fifty or you know just really really low down so maybe yeah. if you lose money it's like twenty percent and not you know fifty percent mm-hmm. um, i I do have to admit that my my mentality is slightly tainted um, I'm waiting for the market to crash I guess. Uh I, I I I'm You think it's j- going to happen? So uh I am just one person. I cannot predict the future. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I never do, but I'm I just have become like so confident that it just doesn't really make sense right now. Um
1: put all your money in Dogecoin.
0: You know? <laughs> clear solution. Very much wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm creating an ICO. It's called LMM coin. Uh, Dude, the, the bad
1: crypto people, hmm. guys, they have their own coin. They do. It's like bad coin, yeah. But they're, I like them because there are people on YouTube who will like go on there and like clearly they're just pumping up coins so they can like pump the value and then dump it. Hmm. And like they're these two guys seem very responsible and they're very just like they're like we're not going to promote anything shitty. We're just here to <laughs> to educate you. And like the bad coin thing is basically a joke. But, but it is a thing. <laughs> so we could have LMM coin. But I want to call it Andrew coin because that's funnier. Or Abby coin. Let's make it Abby mm-hmm. coin and put a picture of Abby's face on it.
0: She's my cat. Yeah. But but look, so um, I'm making this bold prediction that the market is going to crash. Well, guess what? I'm going to be 100% right because it will crash. Uh, but it just may be tomorrow or in five years from now. And damn, would you be a sucker if you followed my advice and weren't invested and missed five years of gains? And so I think at the end of the day, regardless how you feel or how you feel about how I feel, you you do need to be invested and yeah. you know, perhaps you just uh, take on risk accordingly. And I think it's one yeah. of the good things of betterment as opposed to DIY is that, If you're feeling insecure about the future of the stock market, whatever, blah, blah, you can just move a slider down um, and you've dialed down the risk as opposed to having to buy and sell a bunch of stuff. But then that's also not that difficult. It's not difficult at all. So,
1: yeah, I I agree with you that at some point the market will crash. It's happened before Mm. many times. It'll happen again. Greed and fear and stupidity and natural disasters. Part of of the whole thing with cash. Goldman Sachs will happen. And you have to be prepared for that. The the cool thing is. Fearfulness never gets people anywhere. So
0: if you do have cash and the market crashes, um, you could be the one jumping in there, getting the Black Friday deals while everyone lost their pants.
1: That is true. Yeah, if you get into the bottom of a crash, that that can be a, a wonderful thing for you. Mm. So, the bot- the bottom line on that one is, you, you have to set your risk tolerance. The way that I view it is that there there has to be a certain amount of money that is in cash. Mm. For me, we used to define that as two to three times your checking or your monthly expenses plus a five hundred dollar emergency fund upon talking to people and realizing that's almost impossible to do on a short time period. I've revised down to at least one month plus $500 emergency fund. You can ramp up from there based on your, your risk tolerance. Um, and then you can also view your investments as an emergency fund of fluctuating value. And maybe the way you could look at it is my invest, the value of my investment, um, times 0.75 is the value of its emergency account value Mm. like just like so if i have forty thousand dollars in my vanguard account um i can reasonably assume unless like things really go to shit that i have 30k on hand if i need it Mm. i like that so just like just view it that way and that (laughs) way you're going to start building some wealth while also being smart.
0: The, the one thing is like uh, in, in tech they have this like thing that you just kind of like say or, or that you assume. It's like anything that can fail will fail. And so your, your job into perpetuity is to essentially prevent future failures, fix current failures, build redundancy. So the whole thing just kind of like runs forever, is automated, redundant, blah, blah, blah. And I think yeah. that you should view your finances in the same way where – you know, Dodgecoin or Badcoin or Buttcoin could be great investments, but if it did but fail coin. Is that a thing? I don't know, but maybe I gotta know. I will have to do this. But look, <laughs> you, you need to have ways to protect yourself. Alternatives. It is?
1: It's a thing. Buttcoin. Buttcoin coin is a peer to peer butt. <laughs> <laughs> Peer-to-peer peer means no central authority issues new butts or tracks butts.
0: Mm-hmm. Buttcoin, <laughs> backed by gold. Comedy gold. Is this real?
1: Can I buy a butt coin? I can't. Buttcoin is pooped. Oh, I think it's done. I don't even know if it was actually a coin, which means now, now we can make it. Abbey coin or buttcoin, it's up to you, man. It's up to you. Mm. We'll get on that blockchain. People can buy some buttcoins. coins. <laughs> <laughs> We still haven't done the Sirens of Titan stock investing game. Mm. I have all these stupid joke financial ideas that I need to do. We're
0: building up for I've, it.
1: I've been I've been considering just like putting like ten dollars a week into Robinhood just to do that, <laughs> just to see what happens. Like it, it's like basically no money, but it would be funnier than if it was just in like a stock investing game. I, I might do it. I just need to find. I need companies. Ooh, here we go, here's here's a mission for the listeners. All right, in the Sirens of Titan, uh, there's a character who becomes super-duper rich by locking himself in a hotel room, and every day, he takes the next two words of the Bible, takes their letters, and finds a company with the same letters, and invests in it. So like, in the beginning, it would just be like, in the, so IT, and then maybe he goes and finds like, International Technology Incorporated, or something like that, and invests in it. Um, I don't know what what book we should use, but we need to find a book and we need to find companies that match to those letters <laughs> and then like, do like $5 or something. It's like some, some pittance of an amount and see what happens. I bet you I won't beat the market, but I will beat some professional fund investors. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll call them up and be like, hey, I just saw your quarterly earnings report and I would just like to let you know that... Um, yeah, I took the latest issue of Shape Magazine and beat you. <laughs> 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 so I'll be taking all your clients now. Anyway, those are our five questions, guys. Hopefully that uh, those answers were sufficient for you. If not, feel free to send all the hate mail you want over to ListenMoneyMatters at <laughs> email.com. Andrew reads those first so he will get the brunt of the emotional firestorm. But you can also send your questions that email address, and uh, they may make it into few, uh, future five questions episodes. Andrew may be able to answer them if he's got time. And sometimes they form the basis of entire full length episodes as well. Yeah. So your ideas become our research inspiration sometimes. And uh, we thank you for the questions you send in. So definitely do that. You can review our podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. That definitely helps us to see what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and helps the show to grow in the rankings the algorithms like those reviews they like subscriptions they like your data mm. so data. give them give them yummy yummy data and uh, our show will grow and lastly listenmoneymatters.com matters.com slash toolboxes where you can find all of our favorite financial tools all of our favorite apps and budgeting tools and books that we recommend all kinds of good stuff so check that out listen money slash show is where you can go for the show notes for this episode just find this episode and the listing there And uh, anything we talked about or linked to will be there for you to check out, do further research, make your own conclusions, because we are not experts. Anyway, thanks for hanging out with us this week. and We will see you in next week's episode.
2: Later, dude. Later, man.
1: Please tell your friends
2: about this show.